Hey, hey friends, friends, it's Davion. It's Bruce, and, and this, this is Oh, that's, that's my, my gay, gay friend. friend. Episode number thirty-three, and we're ready. Let's do this. Hey, husband, how are you today? I'm great, husband. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. All right, and welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Let's try that again. Welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Pennzoil. Every week, saying it. Are we going to try a different one? I'm, I may or up? may not. Listen, it's my birthday week. I'm trying to celebrate, have some good times. Finish this week out on a bang. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. Let's get this cock, cock, tail order ready. You guys know what time it is. Give you guys some time to gather your libation while we tell you about our libation selection tonight. And then we will talk about our week. So, husband, tonight. What are you sipping on? I am sipping on water. What are you sipping on? I am sipping on some Scissor Reap, uh, which is actually Don Julio 1942. A little bit of that, you know, to kind of round out my birthday week, you know, if you will. So I am here for that. So friends, if you have your libation ready, let's raise it up for Aquarius season. Hashtag best season ever. So let's raise this glass. Clink, 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 clink. Clink, clink, clink. Yes. Ooh. So how was that? Oh, just amazing. Just so smooth. It just goes down so just like butter. Well, there you go. Like butter, baby. So speaking of your birthday, because it was, in fact, your birthday. On Tuesday, the 24th, it was a national holiday for myself. And there you and go. And my family. And there you go. So tell us about your week. <laughs> like, I feel <laughs> like it's going to be jam-packed everything that you did i did so it's no real it's need for me to say what i did for my week since it was your birthday week it so was my birthday week but i'm glad you were there glad you shared in my excitement and my joy and thank you again for all of your wonderful surprises and the things that you did so i want to publicly say thank you for acknowledging your husband and doing a good job so i really appreciated that i really felt the love and Especially from you and especially from our friends out there. You guys um, did leave some messages for me and I, I was very appreciative to that. So thank you to everyone who took some time out to wish this young black man a happy celebratory situation. But we started out Friday night. Last Friday, we went out to West Hollywood. We yeah. went to one of our favorite bars, Trunks. Well, we ended at Trunks, but we started at Heart to watch RuPaul. Yes. Yes. We we started to do that with the fam and the homeboy, and that was amazing. That was a good time. That was very fun. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. It wasn't too cold. It was just right. Yeah. And then Trunks was, I just remember barely leaving. Yeah, you definitely started the birthday festivities off, right? Listen, I wasn't driving. No, it was a good time. It was a good time had. All, all I know, you told me every time you saw me, I had another drink in my hand. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I will step away, go to the restroom, and came back, and there was a cocktail. So, you know, that was all good. And Saturday, we we hung out in our backyard. And when I say our backyard, we live in relatively the South Bay area, if you will. We're about six miles from LAX. And we hung out in Redondo Beach with the pups. I wanted to do uh, just a family day, just the husband and the kids. And we went to a very cute brunch spot. Unfortunately, they stopped serving brunch 
but that's how we got there. So we weren't yeah, able so to get the shrimp and grits. It was just a cute spot at that point. It was a cute spot, but it was fun. And then mm-hmm. we walked to the beach and took some photos and, and did a little video there. So what did you think about the place in Redondo Beach? Did so like I, I love Redondo Beach in general. So any place I think there is going to be a vibe. It's such a you know, walk-friendly atmosphere. Everyone has their dog. It's dog-friendly. We had the babies with us, so it was it was definitely a perfect vibe. Now, the actual location we went to, do I need to ever go back? No. <laughs> no. We got that gift card. We're going back. Um, but it it was like the ambiance, like you said, it, it was perfect, and after we left the spot, we walked to the beach, so it was just a nice overall experience now i will say this though because you know we're very candid we're very transparent on this podcast and it was very alarming the number of looks that we did receive from people because we're not of the caucasian persuasion and so it was kind of as if they hadn't seen two black men with dogs before because some people were kind of startled or well we we spoke and said hi and it was one particular situation where it was a lovely Husband and wife, I'm assuming they were married with two kids, and they were in our walking path, but we stepped to the side, and you actually kind of acknowledged them and was like, hi, and you were painted with dust. Yeah, I I, I will say, I, I wouldn't say that they were startled. Like, I don't want our friends out there to think that people in Redondo Beach, when they see black folks, are like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Sarah, get the children. I would say they were more non-responsive. Like, when we would, or when I would, you know... It, the situation that you're bringing up we were walking with the dogs and the dogs were in their walk path because they had you know a little bobby or Susie on like a little tricycle and i was like oh i'm sorry and i you know moved the dogs out of the way and they paid me complete dust yes. <laughs> it was like oh you know and tip and i'm not i wasn't expecting a oh no you're perfectly fine you have a lovely day i was just expecting a, some type of even just to look they didn't even look no. in my direction it was no. almost as if i said nothing yeah. uh and when we were sitting down eating it it was just it just felt like not that we didn't belong it was just that we were not the norm right and i've been in situations like that so i can get into the mindset of okay i'm gonna give you the same energy you give me but we try not to do that because then if you do then you you can come across as stereotypical whatever you want to fill in the blank with that right but we're very two friendly people you know and I will say the staff at the restaurant, they were very friendly. Oh, the, the restaurant staff friendly. was perfect. Yeah. Like, they couldn't have been any better, to be completely honest. So that's why I didn't give a shit about the randos. Yeah, it was just, I, again, observing people's mm-hmm. behavior. It was just something I just took note of. I was like, well, shit, you can at least say hi, hi back. And some people did, but it was that one particular family in that instance. Because, you know, I could have let Duncan just go ham on that little daughter. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> <laughs> like we chose not to, you know, we, we didn't choose violence at that time. So, but that was fun. That was a fun day. And then did we do something Saturday night or did we, we hung no, out? No, we, out. we chilled out because you came home and tried on clothes and then you, uh, what, you left to go shopping somewhere. Yeah, you, you left to go. Oh, I did because I was, I was we trying to, to figure out shoes. This, we yes, trying to get shoes because I was trying to figure out was I going to do something or not. You know, so friends, let me come a little closer, friends. So those who know me know I am very extroverted. People say I'm extra. People call me bougie. 
I just say I had a privileged life. That's just what it is. But I say all that to say, I normally, for my birthday, I believe everyone should celebrate their birthday exactly how they want to. And I'm kind of known for having different birthday themes and really extravagant situations and parties and what have you. But this year, you know, I was just like, and I had a five-day weekend and I just wasn't really in the mood of that. It was just, I don't know, change of life or change of situations or circumstances and figuring things out with new things in my life now and things leaving my life. So I was just all over the place. And so, and also my mother was still dealing with COVID. So my initial plan was to have a Taco Tuesday party at her house, but because she was still sick and having symptoms with COVID, I didn't really feel like celebrating um, without my mother, you know, at, at the house. So I was kind of in it kind of funk a little bit, but in the 11th hour, <laughs> I decided after we had a lovely day and we're down on the beach, I said, babe, I want to do a rooftop somewhere. And so in the 11th hour, I, I called on the, the Avengers. Um, I, <laughs> I either called you and if you answered your phone, then you got a message. And if you didn't answer your phone, then that message wasn't for you. And it, yeah, I kept it pushing, but I had a, a limit of seven people. Um, and just close, uh, really close friends. Cause I, I sent the message out to my cousins and it's like, hell, it could have just been all of them, but yeah, you know, they chose other things to do. But, um, all that to say Sunday that led to Sunday us going to the hotel JG restaurant at the Waldorf Historian in Beverly Hills, which was a fucking amazing experience and view. With a slight hiccup, but the hiccup did not take away from the experience. What did you think about the hotel and restaurant? I thought both were immaculate. Like you said, the view itself, I mean, that's what you pay for. That's what you pay for. That's what you make the drive to, you know, mid-city for. Like, that's what the entire experience is the payoff of how beautiful it is to be in Beverly Hills and have a completely 365 view from the the top of it was complete 365 yeah. like it, LA looked it different I was like where are we and it was a beautiful <laughs> day it was like the first Sunday in almost a month where it wasn't an overcast it wasn't raining the sun was actually out it, it was a perfect it was a picture perfect day it couldn't have been any better yeah it really was it was a, a total vibe i was really ecstatic at the fact that there were a lot of diversity at the waldorf astoria it was a hotel. whole lot of diversity actually. very much so and even to the point of being dog friendly to the point we're like oh we're coming back here with the kids just know that if you have a party of seven or less you're good you go with a party of eight you don't want those type of problems. It was just a hiccup, right? <laughs> Good <laughs> right. luck. Your food and beverage minimum is a thousand dollars. Just let you know that, you know. Um, so, all in all, though, had a great time, great friends, great conversation. Everyone, everyone came out looking cute, and it was really a good good time it was there. a good time mm -hmm. and <laughs> to even go further into the eleventh hour, I decided, okay, well, on my actual birthday, I will go to El Compadre on Sunset. But prior to making that decision, we scoped out two different venues mm. of 
you know, possible places I, I could do a Taco Tuesday since it was on a Tuesday. But Elkin Projects on Sunset, closer to La Brea, one out. And that was fun. Again, family and friends, limited people, because I just didn't want uh, the big pompous circumstance of it all. Just, you know, inner circle, you know. So that was the birthday. Oh, but the gotcha was, and we think for, I feel like we need to post it on the page. The cake that you got I me, mean, that cake was fucking amazing, babe. So, do you want to tell the people about what you did, what, what you, you hook up, your VIP experience from Henson's? I just ordered a cake. <laughs> like, I mean, I would love to. I would love to say how you know I had an inside track with it, but no, I no, went to the, the website. Cake. And I ordered, I ordered uh, the cake. So what I wanted to do, because you know, I you typically for your birthday every year you do exactly what you want, you get what you want, and you make it happen. But one thing I've never seen you have was like a big ass cake with your face on it. So I thought, okay, that's exactly what I want to do this year. And I went to Hanson's, which is a very popular bakery here in LA that everyone goes to like right. all the celebrities and stuff we went and got our wedding cake there yeah and yeah I gave them the picture um our girl Chachi hooked me up and yeah the rest is history it was a big ass cake because again <laughs> when cake. I ordered it it was weeks ago when our original plan was to have the Taco Tuesday here at the house with family with friends which was going to be easily you know close to like 30 people right which we typically have here when we have house functions so when plans started to change and fluctuate and eventually at one point there were like no plans you're like I don't want to do nothing I was like, well, shit, I guess we're going to, because I already paid for the cake. Like, I put the order in, paid for it, had my receipt, was just waiting to pick it up the morning of your birthday. So when you told me that, I was like, well, shit, we're just going to have this big-ass cake that feeds 30 people. We're just going to cut it up, <laughs> Ziploc it, and, like, take it around to friends and family. Here you go. And you just right. you you slice cake. the cake. And at this time, you know, make a wish for Bruce's birthday. Uh, but it we ended up doing something at the restaurant and it was just, it was like the cake was perfect. It was fucking perfect. It was amazing. And the, one of the photos he picked was when everyone was doing that hype movement. Yeah. Of the, the AI, AI, um, the artificial intelligence, amazing photo. Like, and it looks legit. Like, no, it looks identical like, like you, but as if you went to a photo shoot, because all of yes. the pictures that you actually take are selfies of like you in the car you at the gym yeah. and it's like i don't want to put a picture of you with like your seatbelt on on a fucking cake so i was like okay i remember that i did those for you on my phone so i still have all of them okay and i was like okay yes this is the shot this is it. so it was like a perfect glamour <laughs> photo of you that you never took i never took <laughs> I, I, but i said for the photo uh, scary so. but true you know that's <laughs> So that's the story of the cake. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, and I did. Had an amazing time Tuesday. And then to close out, well, to round out the week, we I so I had invited some friends to show up for one of my favorite drag queens, Shangela. She was having her fully lit tour, and it was at the Wilton Theater in Los Angeles on Thursday. And we had tickets to that. And unfortunately, one of our good Judy, she couldn't make it. She was sick. So my cousin subbed in mm -hmm. in the 11th hour. And we had a fucking ball. It was me, you, Christine, and my cousin Sharita. And we just 
lived our fucking best life at that that show. We enjoyed that show so much. What was your takeaway from Shangela and the experience of the Fully Lit Tour? Well, before I give you my my experience, I just want to go on the record and say this is the direct reason why the podcast is late. Just <laughs> FYI. Uh, because by the time we got home after seeing Shange... Oh, we're uh, going to get to that point. So we, 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 were, we were fully lit and recording was the last thing on our minds. But... As far as the experience, she's a star. Like, there's no way around it. There's no way to, like, other than saying how brilliant she was. Like, going into it, I wasn't sure what she was going to do for a full 90 minutes. Because typically when you go to drag shows, there's multiple performers. They do multiple sets. And, you know, they lip sync. They dance. They cha-cha-cha for a little bit. But I've never been to a drag show where it's literally just one queen the entire time yeah and her dancers and uh yeah and even in that i was like okay i know she's gonna dance but you can only dance so much for an hour and a half (laughs) going like especially with it not being your original music and you know like you can only dance to a track for so much for an hour and a half but she shocked me at how diverse of a talent she is. Like, she's a straight-up comedian. She is. Like, she she's is a an bull inter- She's an entertainer. She yeah. shows up. She knows what the gig was. She's like, I'm the girl clocked in, and she did what she had to do. Don't want to get too much away, because if you guys are going to see her tour, I want you guys to be surprised with it, but just know that you will be taken on a roller coaster of emotions, and just laughs. It's a really good time. And Especially I would just, laughs. Yeah, the laughs, and just the crowd participation, you never know who may be in your crowd. We happen to have Billy Porter um, our night, so you know her LA show was done, so we can talk about Billy, but you know, and, and and Billy did the LA thing, you know, he did the you know, I have a show coming out too, guys, and my that. album's coming out in a couple of weeks, and so it was great, though, but I love the fact that he showed her love, and she showed him love and appreciation, and that was a lot, a lot of fun. And, you know, the drinks were on point and the crowd was really, really there. And you can tell everyone really was rooting for her. And even though she lost, she still won. Oh, no, I think that she is one of the faces of drag race, like the drag race zeitgeist. She it's it's like her, Bianca, a few other queens that are synonymous with this show. And I think that she is the most popular non-winning queen that will ever step away from the franchise. Like, she actually used the platform for what it was to catapult her to something else. Absolutely. I mean, Mama's the first, a lot of firsts, the first drag queen to be on the on the red carpet in full geesh. The first drag queen to be on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, so she just has a lot of firsts. And... It was amazing to see her glow up. And it's only been 13 years. 2010 is when we met her. And for it to be 2023, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's amazing. So that just lets you know, you guys hold on to your dreams and your hopes. And whatever you have out there, breathe life into it and it will come to fruition. Which it did last night for us because after the show, the husband and the cousin were hungry. So was I. We went to get some Thai food and... Went to one of our favorite spots, Pad Thai Bay, and just happened to have karaoke. They have karaoke every night. And, of course, your boy had to get on the mic for the ones and the twos and do a couple of numbers for the people. So, another reason why the pod is late, because we didn't get home until about 1 o'clock in the morning. 
Yeah, and the last thing that was fucking happening was recording this. Love you guys to death, but I hopped. Yeah, that would have been a hard. Uh, I catapulted into bed. I fucking. That was a hard pass on recording last night. Nose dived in the bed. And all I had, because I was, one, because I was low-key sick and drunk. Because I only ate, like, very little yesterday. And at the show, I had. We had what shots 1942, of 1942, yeah. and I had a Red Bull and, te- and tequila. Oh, so you had tequila twice? Yes. Oh shit! Yeah, that's why you was quiet as fuck. Oh yeah, I was on. I, I was fighting for my life. I was fighting for my yeah, life. Yeah, that was that like, bitch. why is he so? I, now that makes sense now. Okay. No, yeah, my stomach was doing somersaults, and I fucking unhinged my jaw and just threw all of the Thai food in there, hoping it sop up some of that liquor. Right. Uh, but I did it. I made it home, and I drove on top of it. So yeah, it was a good situation. It was a great situation. Yeah, and so this weekend, you know, we're gonna. Close out my baby cousin. Shout out to Camille Aquarius Gang, or should I say, is it Cammy the Mill? You know what I'm saying? So her album drops on the 29th, and her debut video will be premiered on her birthday party. So this Saturday. So I'm excited for that. I'm very excited. Yes, Aquarius Gang. Gang, 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 gang. So, on to more hot topics. Mm hmm. So the FDA has recently lessened the restrictions on blood donations from gay and bisexual men. Well, holla freaking Louis, it's about downtime. Uh, yes, come on, get that blood. <laughs> you know, I think there has been so much controversy about gay men donating blood and also gay men who may happen to be HIV positive or what have you. And there's so many things that they can do. They can do blood washing and, and things and to give blood to people who who are in need of that and there's so many people who identify as gay and bisexual um who want to donate blood but they felt restricted or they felt shunned from doing it because there were so many questions you had to answer and then you felt turned away from that had you had you ever thought about that or had you ever donated blood before in the past or what um i think i did once in college I it, it literally was just once, and I think it was for like a drive that was happening at, at my college, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't invasive. It wasn't it it was I, I knew that it was happening elsewhere at actual you know banks and stuff like that. So it was never anything that struck me personally. I always, especially in like this big ass decade of twenty you know, 2010 and so on. It's like, there's so many scientific advances. This isn't like 1987 right. where there's a stigma and there's a disease out there that's ravaging a particular group. And it, like, there's things that have happened since then. And it's crazy that now in 2023, this is news. A conversation. And this is a conversation. Yeah. Like, what are you talking Like, there's... I, there's heterosexuals that we need to be concerned about getting blood <laughs> from over, you know, queer individuals. Queer individuals. So I'm glad this is happening. This is way past due, and yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I have a funny story of uh, blood donation, blood donation. Um, in high school. And that was like, I think the one and maybe only time, maybe another time in college, but I specifically remember high school 
senior year we had to do it or we didn't have to but it was an option that we did it and um there was a bell that was on the table mm. and I was a student government and I, I all I remember was I don't think I was there for the orientation part about the the I wasn't working the behind the scenes situation for whatever reason it was but I saw the bell and I was there with some friends and I just like hit the bell and next thing I know every fucking person who was with Black uh, Red Cross like stopped and looked and was like what happened it was like in a panic and I was like what the fuck is happening mm -hmm. and apparently the bell was for <laughs> if someone passes out you tap the bell so oh. they get medical attention Whoops. and I <laughs> it's funny yeah, it was funny in the moment too but I was kind of like um, startled for a second yeah. but I'll never forget that story and it was just a situation where I tapped the bell and, and they freaked out and I think I was escorted <laughs> out, of the, out of the gymnasium at mm -hmm. that time but yeah I'm happy that this is um, a conversation that has been had and the restrictions have been lessened and we you know we talk about ratchet things here but we also want to talk about positive things and you know, queer life or just to bring some educational awareness to things that are happening in our community. So you guys are aware of that. And so now we want to talk about the new dating show that we talked about last week, which is for the love of Dilf. We have a premiere date now, and that premiere date is January 31st. So it's next Tuesday okay. on out TV. So you guys have a chance to download out TV app, pay your subscription and maybe free don't really know check with your local um app locations stores app, app locations okay well yes <laughs> we can look forward you guys can look forward to that premiere date on the 31st you have a full week to get right without tv because we will be watching it and talking about it and we don't want you guys to be out of the loop yes so moving on from that we do have a have you ever wondered why to round out the hot topic portion of uh today's episode so and this one is mine and coming off of the week that we had it's something that i pondered quite a few times actually <laughs> okay now guys friends out there have you ever wondered why all the expensive brunch spots have the most mediocre food I mean, aggressively mid. Now, granted, if you go to a ritzy place, you're paying for a view, for a location, for an Instagram moment, albeit a flower background or like a cute light setup. But why is so much effort put into everything else about these restaurants and the last thing on their priority list is the actual food? And it's not the prices, because those baby, those prices be thought of pre thought out. Prices. The prices be pricing. Oh, the prices aren't on the menu. Even even <laughs> worse. You know. Even worse. <laughs> now I don't mind that because I will spend a pretty penny for good food. Like that's one thing I will splurge on. Clearly, I will splurge <laughs> on a good on a good hefty plate. Right. But a lot of these places. And I'm not going to name any names because we're going to go like back. Places, right? We're going to go back. Because we like the places. But just because we like the places. Questions, right. But it's just questionable 
it eats. Yes. I will say that. Like, why am I eating a burger that tastes like I literally made it at home? <laughs> like, why am I eating? It's not gourmet, right? Why am I eating fries that are a little bit too crunchy? They've been in the grease a little bit too long. A little bit. Like, hashtag cancel shoestring fries. Can we have that All conversation? Day. And not put caviar. I mean, if you're going to put caviar on some fries, at least let them be thick cut. A little something yeah, like you else. Yeah, up the caviar. Like caviar, yeah. I left caviar on the plate because I did. I just didn't feel like scooping it up with my finger yeah. because they kept falling off the fucking fries or the shoestring or toothpicks, whatever you want to call it. But look, I need businesses, especially here in LA, to do better. If you're going to charge an arm and a leg for parking, charge an arm and a leg for us to just. Be, be in the space and breathe the air at least make it worth our while to eat some good food I concur <laughs> um, but again you're paying for the ambience you're paying for again like you said your, your IG moments you're paying for the fact to have braggadocious rights in LA we're less angled what's the fuck we angelinos Angelino? that's what the word I'm saying that's the tequila talking Angelinos. So, you know, we like to boast up, boast about, you know, where we've been or I've dined here or I've went here or I went here with someone's album party was really, you know, yes, doing that I, type of I shit. hear all that, but I still want to, I want to taste all that. Like when I go to a restaurant, I want the forefront to be the food. If not, we can just go to, you know, the, the chic places, go to a nice park or go to Melrose or go to, you know, Sunset. Listen, to go to Mel's Diner, baby. Gets me some onion rings, some thick cut onion rings, okay? I mean, we're going to have to at this point. And just yeah. say we went to the other places. <laughs> LA's full of liars anyway. Hello. So that's my uh, Have You Ever Wondered Why? Share, us, uh, share with us your Have You Ever Wondered Why? Your gripes, your concerns, anything that kind of ruffled your feathers and made you ask yourself why 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 you know drop so. us those questions on our instagram oh that's my gay friend or on our gmail oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com we will be reading all of your questions as they come to us if we see some spicy ones so make sure they're juicy guys yes and so with that you guys again i want to say thank you also to my co-workers thank you for Hollering at your boy, celebrating your boy this week. I really appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome and amazing. So, with that being said, we'll be right back with the reality roundup. BRB. All right, guys, we are back with the reality roundup. Let's start. You guys know everyone is talking about these hot ladies, especially because they were just released their, their looks for the reunion, the Real Housewives of Potomac. Okay. So we're picking up with they're still in fucking Mexico. They've, they've been in Mexico like I've been in Mexico like all of last year. <laughs> like we're still here in Mexico, but it's wrapping up Ashley's birthday weekend. And Karen tells Ashley she has some information about Robin and her Juan situation. And she really just becomes messy and she just lets the cat out of the fucking bag. What did you think about Karen's messy ass antics? Oh, 
I think that Karen in this moment is going on the defensive from last week's episode where Robin and Giselle was on her about the whole Sharice debacle. So I think Karen was like a kitten backed into a corner that had to put her claws out. And right now, nothing is happening with Giselle. There's literally, like this season, Giselle <laughs> has literally no storyline. Her storyline is making up a, a scenario with Chris that no one believes. So that kind of <laughs> dissipated and, you know, fizzled out. So Karen's like, okay, well, I can't come for that bitch because nothing's happening. So what can I say about, okay, Robin's got something going on. Her and Juan, let's. I feel like it's completely made up. Karen has admitted to making things up in the past just to sound witty or have a comeback in the moment, i.e. her uh, saying that Giselle was a whore from Hampton University. <laughs> uh, and she later admitted that was completely made up uh, and had no warrant behind it. So I think that this story between her saying that, especially the story with her saying Juan well, tried to push up on her. So let's. So before we put the cart before the horse, so what Karen shares with Ashley is that Juan has a girlfriend who looks similar to Karen, blonde hair, and he walks around Georgetown holding hands with her, and Robin is aware in that this wedding is some bullshit. And, and so, um, Robin does a great job doing the grand and the dom, like Law and Order, making fun of sketch artists, and they kind of create the woman's face <laughs> in a way to but look like really. Karen. Um, but so that's that's the news, and so of course she tells this to Ashley. Now, what do you think Ashley messy ass goes to do? Well, she you, tells the girls. Recapping, so just keep going. <laughs> just well, no, I'm just, no, I'm just asking. Like, what do you uh, think? Yeah, like, what do you think she's gonna do? So she gonna tell the girls and everything. But I just think that I think Karen. There may be some truth to it. I'm not as sold on it as a whole lie. Because one has done shit in the past with Robin, and I feel like Robin kind of knows some shit. So, but with Karen though, no. So okay, so no, right, I'm not so, saying in the past with Karen, but I'm saying right now, currently, you believe that there's some merit to the lie that he is hitting on Karen. Okay, so we're talking about two different things. Sorry. So let me wrap up my thought on the side chick. I do probably think there was a side chick. Yes. Do I think he's trying to hit on Karen? Absolutely not. I don't think Juan squeeze her boobs to her back and oh is that what she said he did yes and um and said that he wanted her to be the third and if he did say let's be the third probably in a joking fucking totally. manner you know totally. what i'm saying nothing nothing salacious like to like the way Aaron, you, the on. way you joke to like uh, make an old gal feel good about herself yeah, like you know what I'm saying? If you, if I was a little, I was, a few yeah, years older, young, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was ten years older. He was five years younger, yeah, yeah, some shit like that. But no, I totally think that Juan is fucking around on Robin. I, I, I don't even think that he wants. He has feelings for her romantically at all. I truly believe that they are just roommates. Like their situation is one of convenience. They probably get you know nice breaks. They can split the mortgage. 
uh, he does what he does. She can do what she does with her hats. Like, I think it's more of a understanding. I'm not saying more of convenience. I think that she know. okay, listen, he, like a lot of women, sometimes they be like, okay, a, a man's going to do what he's going to do, what have you, whatever. So she turns the blind eye to that. So I do agree with you on, on that aspect. Um, but, and, and, and what really sold me on that was the fact that she was over that little chocolate boy, the little gay boys, when they were in Miami. And she was just rubbing on the chocolate boy, like, ooh, his muscles and all that type of shit. But, you know, it's interesting. But we find out that um, Ashley can't hold water. <laughs> and so the ladies go on a trip to shop and go to a restaurant. And Ashley pulls... Robin to the side and, and mentions that, hey, you know, Karen told me some things and she lets the cat out of the bag and says that she said he has a side piece. He walks around to Georgetown, which then Robin calls Juan on the phone and Juan basically threatens to whoop or threatens to cuss them the fuck out. Yeah, I think you think he had enough or you think he's trying to save face. I think he's trying to save face, honestly. Like, I think Doc protests too much, whereas in past uh, experiences with husbands on Potomac, like when Wendy told her husband that the Sesame Street character said that she, he was smiling. Like, he laughed. He was like, what? I smile at everybody. And Wendy was like, yeah, you smile like a dog. And they both had like a little kiki over it. Yeah. And even Chris, even with all his allegations that are being hurled at him that are very serious allegations, he took it in stride more than fucking Juan is like he was heated on the other side of that phone so I think in that display there's a bit where there's smoke there's fire and you can clearly tell Robin wasn't expecting that heat to come from because she just kind of stood there looking stupid and Ashley was like don't don't be mad at Robin Juan like don't, don't put her on punishment don't put her on timeout she's kind of like looking at her phone and shit uh but yeah Juan, he's definitely um, trying. To, he's overreacting, trying to cover some things up. To me, what I'm, what you pick up on, what I'm yeah. picking up on, and it could be that. Um, I just, it's just sad the fact that, you know, he's been, he's being, he's his name is being put in mess, right? Whether he is or he isn't, um, someone who you would think as a friend or or who you thought was a friend. Is trying to weaponize it against you. So that's the issue I kind of have with Karen trying to dish out this dirt. But, you know, that just set Robin up <laughs> for the for the alley-oop because she was like, oh, so we're going to talk about mess? We're going to talk about some things? So the ladies go to lunch and there's a conversation that's being had and they talk about the situation. Robin brings it up. And so Robin just basically tells the ladies, like, listen, Karen was someone sent me some information on Karen in a, in a photo with a man in a Redskins outfit and it was Karen in Vegas and the ladies seemed to be shocked. Were you shocked by the news or no finding out who blue eyes or finally seeing a picture of blue eyes, but we didn't. <laughs> so it was pointless. <laughs> it, it literally it, it was just Robin trying to retaliate from getting yelled at by her roommate her roomie and she wanted to bring back some tea to the table to which karen was like well i take a picture with a lot of people and everyone's like yeah well that's you karen and we don't even know what the picture was because it wasn't 
shown to us and it wasn't well, really probably for legal reasons they couldn't show the photo oh well i'm sure but i'm saying the fact that they still focused an entire scene around a photo that we didn't see and that they didn't even describe to us all we got was it was karen's back or allegedly karen's back because everybody was like yeah that's your ass right. like we got context clues as to what they were looking at like no one described the pictures to us other than red skin jersey Karen's ass. Well, they're planting the seeds for, you know, what's to come next week with Sharice delivering the bombshell. But I think they were really planting the seeds to say, okay, to, to put some doubt to say Karen isn't really as put together or she's not being as forthcoming as she's portraying to be. That's that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that may be that may be the case, but to actually like, to discuss this current scene, not withstanding what's gonna what may happen next week like there's not much to go on uh or to really dissect in the scene because it's like we don't really know exactly what these bitches are talking about at nauseum yeah so but some of the girls were gagged um wendy included was definitely gagged by the information as she you know let out a hurl well wendy was more so <laughs> gagged at what Karen said about Giselle because Giselle, of course, coming to her booze rescue, Robin. Uh, Karen told oh, Giselle, shit. You need to be quiet because you're not even, you're nowhere near an altar. <laughs> because they were talking, uh, Karen had brought oh, up the, the wedding, wedding of yes. uh, Robin and basically saying, like, Y'all ain't never getting married. This is a, sh a sham. This ain't what you want all of us to believe it is. And of course, Giselle started puckering up and coming, you know, to put her two cents in. And Karen was like, bitch, this has nothing to do with you. But see, what I wish Robert would have done, because Karen asked to see the photo, and Robert said, no, you may not. I would have, here, here's my phone. Because if you thought my phone, I'm going to hop over the table and I'm whoop your ass. So, like, show her who she is. You know what I'm saying? Like, is this not you? I would have got up, sat next to Karen, but like, so this is not you? You don't have this outfit? I would see, but that's my petty. That's my level of pity that I'm at, you know. So I would have showed Karen the picture. I think Robin, you know, she's not playing. She's not playing it too smart in in this moment well, of having the evidence. Well, listen, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to rally for my girl. I'm still upset with her, but I'm trying to give her some insight. But she just she's just not that because I don't think she's really petty at in the the core she's of who not she that is. Girl. She's not, she's that, not girl. that girl. Like she's not unbothered by shit. So she's really unbothered by a whole lot. So that's why she just, she doesn't have that one two kind of quick wit like yes. Giselle has. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to be there for. I'm still see. still a fan somewhat on some days. I'm I can be mad at you, but still love you in the same breath. So so yeah. Uh, we have this conversation about fucking blue eyes. They move on from this with absolutely no resolve, as you would imagine. We move on to some actual meaty conversation between Wendy and Mia. Turns out there was some sexual tension there the whole time. I think you had it <laughs> wrong. You said that there was sexual tension between Candace and Ashley. There's All the while... <laughs> There's uh, actually been sexual tension between Mia and Wendy because Mia wants to eat Wendy's box. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> uh, but there's an actual 
genuine moment where Wendy comes over to Mia's hotel room or resort room, whatever. They sit on the bed and they have an actual conversation. Now, of course, Mia is not smart, so she's having a hard time to really articulate how sorry she is because she even says, I don't know how we got here. And Wendy was like, you threw a drink on me. That's exactly how we got here, bitch. But they ended the conversation on a good note and actually gave each other a hug. After the scene, we get the ominous music and the resort view and we get that a few hours later. Like the, somebody drunk. The SpongeBob uh, <laughs> two hours later. And we find out the uh, the girls, all the young girls, mm-hmm. go out to a club. They are not wearing panties as one does None. in Mexico. Hey, and they just started t- to show each other their vaginas, to which Mia shared with Wendy that she wanted to eat her pussy. What are your thoughts on uh, Mia eating Wendy's pussy? Hey, when in Rome or when in Mexico, you feel like eating the box, eat the box. You know what I'm saying? If it's all consensual and everyone is okay and your spouse is all right with it, go ahead and do it. That's my thought on it. A box is a box. I think that it was very apparent that there was something i don't know i think one if we talk i can go real social on this but women have the opportunity to be more explorative with their sexuality and not a whole situation right so of course no statement being there so when drinks are involved and not saying all women want to explore and want to touch on each other cootie cats but there are some who may be questionable and what have you. And we, and we all know Mia is the girl for that. Like she, she, she's done the girl and girl thing. Um, I just think that, and I think she even admitted to the fact that she really likes Wendy. She's like admires her and her, her smarts and all things she's accomplished. So of course she finds it attractive, right? She's a powerful woman. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that she wants to munch and crunch a crunch and munch. Yeah. Whatever one does down there. I don't know. I've never done that before. So Neither have I. So let's just breeze <laughs> past it. But that is the episode. Next week, we focus on Robin and this sham of uh, engagement. It kind of, uh, the girls, it looks like, throw her a bachelorette party of sorts. So that's going to be exciting to see, I guess. But yeah. you have some hot off the press news about this. Home. Listen, some breaking, breaking, breaking news. So after The Real Housewives of Potomac aired, maybe a day or two, it was reported that Robin Dixon and Juan are now married again. So we shall find out on the upcoming reunion. I'm quite sure Andy has ask the question or ask for some proof oh absolutely regarding this but it was hot on the presses it was on everyone's lips so we're going to just have to wait and see you guys uh let's you guys have done some investigative work and you've went to potomac's uh <laughs> the courthouse of potomac and logged into the system and have pulled up the the marriage license uh we'll just have to that wait is public and see. knowledge it is public knowledge baby but speaking of reunions really quick i just want to get your opinions because the looks, the official looks of the reunion had dropped this past week. And I just wanted to get your feedback on 
who you think served it? Who do you think is, who would you put in your top three if you had to pick a top three? So the theme is cobalt blue. Why? I don't know, but it is. <laughs> well, I will say this, and I'm not doing no Sade. All the ladies look extremely lovely. They do for one. They look, they, it's a cohesive coral under the sea type situation. Um, just off of personal taste, I would have to say Ashley is doing it for me. Candace gives you a moment. But Ashley's body is just banging in the way that her dress is fitting to her shape. Um, Giselle's reminds me of Michael Jackson, some form or facet in some way. And Karen is just a little longer than two to be wearing something like that. I'm sorry. I didn't like Karen's whole situation. But they all get an A for effort. Um, but yeah, I think between, I think my favorite probably would be Ashley's. Candace is very much the moment. I just don't know without that pose, would it be that? So what about yourself? Uh, my absolute favorite is Candace because it's just so fucking extra. Those, what looks like ostrich feathers just all over her. It, the drama of it all her look is so unnecessary which is why i love it the most and i would say that's it but i will give shocking an honorable mention to giselle's dress i actually really like it i just think it's a horrible material it's that like mexican wrestler nacho libre reflective spandex that throws me off but i love like the gloves with the slit the slit just needs to be higher and i'll tell you what the gag would be if giselle and karen changed outfits it would be perfect like it karen i think so giselle's dress is age appropriate for karen and karen would rock the fuck out of it and i think that karen's dress if Giselle put it on, would be her really stepping that. into her that. her bad bitchery. Because Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think yes. And Giselle dress is this is probably one of the nicest dress Giselle has ever worn. Oh, it, it just, is it's giving me Michael Jackson for some reason I'm just getting some type of reference from him. But you're absolutely right. They they switched it and would it, they would both be in a better the situation. Moment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah. That's the looks. Can't wait to see how they oh, sit on the couch with them. But that is The Real Housewives of Potomac. We're moving on over to Married at First Sight. So we're episode 95. Of a 325 episode season. Yes. And so we are now, everyone's married. We got that out the way, reception, but now we're doing the whole day after situation and meeting the family and having that first conversation with your in-laws. Which is unnecessary. It's really unnecessary. It, there's no <laughs> weight to it because, of course, they have their own experience. And never in any of those in any of these seasons has there been a moment later in the season where it's like, your mama told me this about you or your dad said I should look out for this. Like it literally these conversations carry no weight in the grand scheme of things. So it's not really much meat to talk about because we just don't give a fuck about it. But I will I do want to touch on really quick Jasmine and Eris. 
his obsessed cousin. I'm telling you, she mad. She ain't get the dick no. She mad. She not getting that dick no more. I'm telling you. I'm like telling I understand you. the initial, her initial gripe of him not being ready. This being so far left. This is not really making sense to his character. But the way that she was coming for Jasmine and being extremely dismissive of her and saying, "Oh, you're just she." The pageant answers the pat like she's she, her like. It was too much. So what too it much. was came too much. What it was is you're minimizing her, and you have insecurities. Either you jealous because you couldn't be in a pageant, because you're trying to reduce her to just being a pageant girl. She's no, I can articulate myself. I know how to answer a question. You ask me a question, I'm giving you an answer. If you think I'm being polished or pageantry, well, then that's just your misconception, and, and you're an asshole for that. Uh, she was very much an asshole the whole process because his mother or his mother was very kind and very nice and sweet yeah but for her she's like i don't know she's just you know it's just it's just too much of a perfect answer well what the fuck do you want her to say i'm gonna fuck over your cousin yeah or i don't know or uh, <laughs> give me like, a minute. she's answering she went through a process she had to answer 200 some uh, questions she went through a psychological testing like she is on this yeah she was cast for a show it is a show let's not forget it's being produced but with the intention to find love right so let's really take a step back and get out your feels that you know you won't get to do no more because i really feel this some it's very incestuous like i just it's too much i'm a listen my family is extremely fucking close but it's to a point if you have questions for your cousin's spouse or whoever at a point you'll be like all right cool like i'm it gonna find out who you are like all right it, you know it's what? Gonna be what it's gonna be you this is who you say you are until you present otherwise i trust you let it be at that you know what i'm saying so she was just taking too much for me yeah she was uh extra because it's like they're already married it's already done just let it go yeah, really. put so. on a bra put on a bra how about you do that for <laughs> yourself I mean, because I'm tired of looking at drunk titties just splat on my TV screen. Like, you have priorities that you need to focus on. You let your grown-ass, sleepy-faced cousin live his life, make his own mistakes, and you just get a nice bra. And furthermore, so because I'm a, you know what, I'm a, I'm a devil's advocate, equal opportunist. Your cousin was out there hoeing. I'm sorry. So, you know, you might want to save all that smoke. I she what's her name? Eris or Jasmine? Jasmine should be like, what the fuck? I gotta watch out with him because he was out there hoeing doing all type of things in the streets of Tennessee or Nashville. What they at Nashville? Nashville. So I would take personal offense if I was Jasmine, be like, listen here, chick. Okay? Slow your roll. Yeah. So but you know what? I don't see that lasting either way. I think Jasmine I probably is lasting. too good of a woman for him. I think he's going to fuck it up and do some bullshit because he did some fuckboy shit in the bathtub when they went. So we fast forward. They go to Jamaica. Yay. Um, except for the black gay boy from Atlanta or who needs to be in Atlanta. Shaquille and Kirsten. <laughs> yeah. Because um, she's upset that she had to go to Jamaica by via proxy of um, Jacksonville because he has to present I don't know his information for his master's program or what have you to better himself but she's upset because she has to sit in a fucking hotel by herself while this black man go better himself educational wise but okay yeah literally let's look at priorities there and perspectives literally just one day yeah so all that to say when they were in Jamaica and Eris 
got in the bathtub, but it was a very nice, big, spacious um, whirlpool jacuzzi bathtub. But he wanted to be fed grapes, and she was like, huh, oh, are you serious? And she complied, and she played along with, with the situation, but I just don't see, I don't see them rocking. I really don't. So, who else do we have that we want to talk about from this show? No one. I, I, <laughs> I do want to touch on, I guess, Dominique and McKinley, the interracial couple. Okay. So, I don't know if I'm going to be able to look at her for much longer. You know what? Ladies and gentlemen. No, let me explain this. Let me, let me put this out there. No, let me put this out there. For reasons that I, if you're watching the show, you can understand. I, I've learned to move past her chin and like the Mac tonightness. But now I'm on to the eyebrows. Like the... Early Who did she remind you of? Chola eyebrows. You know what? I'm not. I don't necessarily think that she reminds me of anyone. I just don't appreciate her face. I mean, it, uh, look. I have one. You, you you sound like this usually every week about three di- about three I'm different just, people. I'm just saying. So it give in. me one. Give I'm me just, one. I'm person. just saying it in. I'm not saying. I'm not give saying no Sade. I'm not giving you no Sade at all. I'm but just I just saying it in. But and just the the totality of their relationship of how it looks. She constantly brings up how. She is a country gal that likes to gut catfish and he does he's never even had catfish. So it's like, oh, opposites. How are we going to do this? I'm just not interested in them. I honestly forget about them in like the grand scope of all five couples. I really, yeah, I, I care about them the least. What are they high up on your totem pole? Um, <laughs> the only reason why they're, um, on my radar because he just he's just poor baby don't know he queer i'm just, you know, listen listen gentlemen any heterosexual men out there listening to the podcast i don't think all men are gay i do not yeah. i think that you know and i don't think there's nothing wrong with men being fluid or or being you know extra feminine or, or embracing your femininity that's fine however come i do believe there are some guys who just don't want to tap into that side because of fear of what have you. And I just get, if I saw him in the streets and I would just assume he had a boyfriend. That's all I'm saying. Do you, y'all feel what I'm saying? Like, do y'all get what I'm putting down? Like there's certain people you just like, that makes sense. Like you, you would have that, right? He just looks that way. And so I just hope that he just, comes to his truth steps into his step into the light caroline step into the light is there uh any other couples that you want to touch on because we have really oh i you know i will i do want to touch on um the hairstylist gina and clint gina and clint um because I think that they probably had sex. They're just, they're just not telling us. They just wanted like yeah. Because everyone said that they didn't have sex. The first yes. Night. So no one had sex after the wedding, allegedly. But I think that they really have something. If she can get past whatever issue she has with gingers, which is going to come up in which the following. Which is understandable. <laughs> It's just no. a lot of red. <laughs> I think gingers are hot. Like I think, I, I to me, to me, Clint is 
probably he's the most attractive guy this season out okay. of all the guys. And, you know, even with his 40-year-old virgin uh, hair, chest hair, because it looks like he went to get waxed. And he was like, you know what? This is too much. They did two stripes, and that was it. Um, but, yeah, I just think that they can really work. Just something about them and seeing their energy together, I just feel like it would make sense. Just as our couple from last season, well... <sighs> When he was being a bitch, Mitch the bitch, and our girl, Kristen. Kristen, right? Like, you saw something that was there. You're like, if you could just get past this one hurdle. So, I feel like they'll, they will be that couple for this season for me. Okay. So, well, that's all I have on Next week, we will be fully engulfed in the honeymoon. Everyone will be there. Hopefully, some things ensue where we can actually discuss it. Because at this point, I could give a shit about family and all that stuff. Yeah, it was a fluff episode. It really was I a, think that a fluff. It was a fluff. Like yeah. we didn't need any of the family interaction. We could have went straight to Jamaica, and I would have been fine with it. So that's that on that. Well, that's married at first sight. You guys want to move on down the road to. RuPaul's Drag Race. Speaking of road, start your <laughs> engines, uh, bitches. So we are going to discuss the last two episodes. Spoiler alert. We will say who was eliminated. So if you haven't seen the last two weeks, this week and last week. Um, fast forward. Fast forward. But here we go. So we had last week Snatch Game. Now Snatch Game is typically something that is reserved for the later episodes exactly because it's usually only it's like the last eight queens but they did something new this season and did it for like the second episode it was supersized <laughs> they called it the supersized it episode. was a supersized episode that was cut down to one hour so you <laughs> literally only saw like one joke per queen and i think that this is going to be the common thread this season Every episode is going to be chock full of shit and you're going to miss a lot and you're not going to get the full effect, unfortunately, of some of these very classic and iconic challenges. Right. Uh, and I'll reiterate and kind of talk about this again uh, when we talk about this week's episode. But what did you think of Snatch Game overall? Um, I thought... The person who won, which was Lucy LaDuca. Lucy LaDuca. I love her drag. She's really showcasing to be a front runner girl. She's really. Oh, yeah. She's, she's definitely up there. Top she's five polished. Energy. She's definitely going to be top four, like hands down. Um, her Joan Rivers gave me life. It was so smart. It was funny. so, so freaking smart, so brilliant, so on point, just with everything she did. Now. Sugar and Spice, those are my girls, those are my twinks, those are my babies. But the Miley, the Miley Cyrus of it all. And it was I, almost painful to watch. It was really difficult because Miley Cyrus isn't that dinky. I, like, I know she had her moment, she was, you know, she was trying to be urban. <clears throat> no, I'll use that word. Um, and so she was, you know, appropriating cultures, um, the black people culture. And she was doing things, but it was just like it didn't make sense and then his or spice's portrayal of her really didn't make sense it was cute 
how she went from Hannah Montana to, you know, Urban Urban Miley, Miley <laughs> back to, you know, Wrecking Ball Miley, you know, but it, it, just, it just didn't right. read well. Yeah, it just it. Wasn't and then right. when when Sugar when then when Sugar was playing uh, whoever the internet personality uh, YouTube personality. And they were going back and forth, and Rue was trying to get a joke in, and they were just they were just bickering at this point, doing the sugar and spice show. It was a turnoff. It was like, okay, yeah, you guys, you guys are too young, and that's my issue with this this season's queens. I feel like I'm watching middle school girls, middle schoolers do adult drag. That's what it seems like, and the only person that, and I feel like Sasha Sasha Colby is the senior. In high school, that like was ditching for like two years, and then was like, "All right, it's it's time to get my shit together." And so she graduates with the class like two years after her, and so she's like the really um, mature one of the whole situation, and she shouldn't really be with that class. This is that's the feel I get from this season, and it's just watching little babies in drag. That's I'm like, no one is giving me iconic. No one I feel will give an iconic moment. Like the other queens have done in prior seasons. Well, first, not you calling Sasha Kobe Rizzo from Greece. Listen, uh, but that is a very accurate. <laughs> that is a very he accurate. Said what he synonymous, said. Uh, synopsis on her. I. I mean, again, I don't think that this snatch game was the worst. We've actually had much. Last season was the worst when RuPaul made all those bitches lip sync at once <laughs> because they sucked so bad. Like. This Snatch Game actually had some really good redeeming qualities, like the Tim Gunn, I thought was really smart and clever yes. uh, and cute. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Even the Rosie O'Donnell um, was fun. The Karen Huger was absolutely horrible. I don't know why so many black queens like to do black, black housewives. <laughs> not just black housewives, but like black women like a Beyonce, like a that don't necessarily have really huge personalities. Right. That translate outside of their specific like Beyonce outside of performing is no one. Karen Huger outside of Potomac a and one liner. Yeah, yeah. And throwing shade to women that she know. It's exactly. like not a big personality. And it's even worse when they choose characters that RuPaul has no idea who they are. <laughs> because RuPaul won't play with you and banter and go He's back and not. forth. He said, Karen, you eat you eat pig feet or pork chops or whatever she said she was hog balls, whatever she was saying she was gonna go cook. So It 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 was some uh, painful moments, but But you know, so with this episode what happens is the bottom two happen to be the twins, which I was surprised that they made this happen this soon and in the episode. I was because, shocked. I thought this was would have happened at least three or four episodes from now. Yeah, because we have so many girls left. And so they put the twins, which we knew produ production was going to do that, against each other. And they had to lip sync for their life. Now, it's too early for a double save, right? And that wouldn't have been the right time. And that wasn't all. the one. So what I love what the girls did, though, I love how they, and they showed it on Tuck. They realized that they're in the bottom two. And so, instead of battling each other, they felt, okay, let's come with this concept if we play off each other and make this like a whole skit situation, he'll save us both. Yeah, they kind of came up with a routine. 
And it was a great idea. It was very cute. It just didn't work. It wasn't executed well. <laughs> now, if I'm honestly going into a competition that I know very well with my twin, listen, we are going to have shit choreographed. or Because <laughs> if you think about it, this was their competition to lose because they have an upper hand that a lot of the other queens don't. Yeah. They have someone that they can actually plan and discuss with and like bounce ideas off of that will be there with them because a lot of the queens when they get selected they're they're told not to tell anyone like they can't right they can't go to, yeah. they don't have a sounding Secrecy, board right. these hoes did so they should have came out and did a full fucking Lorian Gibson boom cat eight count <laughs> dance routine no you're giving me too much snack yeah like they should have been doing that instead of you know falling all over the place like well, they had cute moments where you can see where they were trying to go but they just didn't execute it well what happened was they I think because on Unsect they showed that they at some point, if you paid attention, you saw them starting to like come up with the routine. So, and they be, and they first off, they first start off like, "Oh, we're gonna battle," and then they're like, "No, we coming together and we're gonna do this shit as one." And it was, it was the club lived. When we were in the club, they were living for it, so it, it went up. But it just wasn't enough for Root to save them both. And you can tell that the producers. I mean, they both clearly were horrible, so they were going to be in the bottom. They were going to be in the bottom three, and there's no way that it could have been edited around it because right. they sucked at Snatch Game just so bad. And realistically, maybe Aura 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 uh, Miari deserved to be in the bottom two because she was just so bad as that uh, influencer. Right. But production knew, okay, Aura would probably win in the lip sync against one of them. So this was their only chance to get yeah. the twins to go at each other. Because and I'm, I guarantee you they, the producers didn't want this to happen so soon, but no. there was no way they could go around it. It yeah. was either now or never. And the thing is, you will never have another twin. Hopefully Ever. we will, but twin, identical twin drag queens who are really, really good and have a big following. Exactly. And, you know, it was... It, I, I, I live for what they did, but unfortunately, Sugar did have to go home. And, you know, which question Spice, she was like, I can't do this by myself. But I loved how they rallied around her and yeah, made her nice feel like, listen, you have 15 other sisters here, you know. Um, and and then Sugar was like, listen, she can do it on her own, you know. So it was it just shows that the bond that they have. And, and I just love I wish I had a twin um, because I just that friendship that's there just unconditional love that, that they have for each other it's, it's a beautiful situation so it, it, it really is but that was the end of that was last week's episode this week's episode we had the sewing challenge but before that we were surprised to get the reading challenge which yes. again Typically is reserved for like the last, the final like nine or eight girls. Right. So because it was like, what, 15, 14 bitches, we only got one joke per girl. It was extremely rushed. And I, I am struggling to figure out why they're flipping the format and having like the most iconic and legendary challenges 
that are usually reserved later in the season where you could have more time and see, you know, the give girls more time. Like they're rushing it because of one, the episodes of the season are just an hour and it's like a bunch of bitches. But there's more episodes. I feel, and so I think that they're trying to, you because it's only an hour now, you have to cut, condense, and then put as much into, and again, get the fan base up for MTV, the viewership. So they're trying to throw everything. So we'll probably see some new shit that we've never seen before on the show. Um, or, and or, them continuously doing what they're doing right now so early, you know, so. But I mean, if they're, I'm hoping it's eventually going to have to be some new shit because if they throw everything at us early, it's like, what's going to happen later? <laughs> what's going to happen when there really is like, Things you know, to... six or seven bitches left? Like, what are they going to, what are they going to do? Uh, it's just unfortunate because I do, and I do enjoy Snatch Game. It is like the, oh, it's... Uh, the, it's the apex of Drag Race. And for us to only see, you know, like one or two jokes per bitch and then to see the same treatment happen with the reading challenge it's like well, this is what drag race fans look forward to the most right. every season because yeah, when we were at the club i was like damn it's snatch game i was like no this game be snatch game already like mm -hmm. so and again snatch game is an honor for the girls because it's like to make like it. you said we, like, like you made snatch game like okay i know this is halfway over yeah it's usually the like, halfway point i've shown my i've shown my my cool drag. Now let me get to my good shit now. So yeah. So hopefully they'll do another snatch game, you know. But that's what it was. And so now we have the House of Fashions this week for the episode. And I really like the challenge this week, though. So it was very cute. The girls very were cute. split into three groups, and they had to. It was kind of like a Project Runway unconventional challenge. There were three separate rooms, hotel rooms, if you will. The House of Massage, House of Matthews and the house of uh, Cressley. Yes. And they had to pull fabric from the couches, the drapes, etc. to make cohesive fashion runway collections. So the unconventional challenge on Project Runway meets RuPaul Drag Race. Exactly, which I actually loved. Um, showed them being crafty and they had to sew. And of course, in season 15, there are still bitches that have no idea what a sewing machine is. Just take one class before. Take one class before you audition. You know, you could be a super, uh, 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 super glue gun shiro, but just take one sewing class. Like, just one. It won't hurt you. They have them every day at Mood. <laughs> like, you can literally <laughs> go throughout the week community college just learn how to bob a thread like you don't have to turn into east st laurent but jesus just at least know how to slap some shit together yeah but we have the challenge who was your favorite house that that presented um the house of matthews because it was the colorful bright vibrant palm springs like the banana leaves, I really, I just love bright, colorful stuff. And I think that they looked, they all looked really good. Sasha Colby, it, it's just not fair how uh, fabulous and polished she is compared to these other bitches. It's only high school seniors. Stay two years behind, stay two years too long. 
she really did but we did unfortunately well not so unfortunately see the end of the journey for poor amethyst this was her third time in the bottom two so the writing was literally on the wall for her she went up against who amethyst went up against estetis oh my gosh it could have been your, a double elimination <laughs> it could have been a double elimination selena estetis i'm just not a fan of that drag queen i don't think that she's particularly funny and she's not polished so it's kind of like why are you here because it's like if you're not gonna be polished make me laugh okay but she's not doing either so it's kind of like what other than being loud and perpetuating a stereotype that is kind of played out like the east los chola like girl all right well, that's girl. her drag her drag she says she's a you know la chola girl you know that's what she gives to people listen the club goes up for her when every time she was on the screen the club went entirely up she's a we ho resident she's an la girl so you know she works the circuits so her fan base was there her fan base is going to support well, good for her, but yeah, not my not my drag. Queen. Not in your house. Uh, the winner this week was Lux Noir London. Now, how did for you the feel challenge. about hmm? for the reading challenge? Right, the main challenge. Associate Lux won both. No, uh, Lucy. Uh, oh the shit! Challenge. Okay, I was talking about the main challenge because Got we were still it. talking sorry, about Amethyst losing okay. the main challenge. So yes. Since Amethyst lost the main challenge, yeah. the winner was Lux Noir London, who looked amazing. She truly was the best looking queen of the week. She just makes it so hard to root for her because she roots like for herself so much <laughs> to a point of almost delusion. But I can only imagine no, what this is delusion. going to do for her her ego. And, and and so and it's and, and okay, so I don't want to tear a black queen down because she's a black queen. So you know, Issa Rae support everybody who's black, right? Um, because it is hard for black queens and drag race because they get a lot of hate, and because a lot of the fan base is not is very diverse, but a lot of them get a lot of hate from the white fans and uh, other ethnicities. Ethnicities. Um, so. We really try to support the black girls. Um, so, because, you know, there's booking and everything. Like, it's just a whole lot. But she she has the type of personality. It's just like, did you have to did you have to be that girl like that? Like, I, I want to root and like, I want to root for you. Like you said, it's just you're making it difficult because of your delusions. So, beautiful girl. Um, I was happy she won. Were you really though? I getting there because <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't just say all this shit I just said and then tear the bitch down. You know what I'm saying? But again, I I support all queens, but especially the black queens. And you know, she's now in in the in the bracket of it. And you know, I I want to be supportive, but she just makes it. Sometimes personalities don't match, right? And and so, but I think there's a story. Well, I'm intrigued by her because I feel like there's a story that made her the way she is. And so I'm intrigued, and I would give her the opportunity because I hope she showcases her story where I can fall in love with her. There. Uh, now that's a pageant answer, baby. Yes, it, yes. You, but that's my truth. You got that's it my out. truth. That's your truth. So and you're sticking with it. Yeah. But that is RuPaul's Drag Race. What'd you think about her woman? Oh, I loved it. Oh well, I. 
like I said, she looked the best. So it was only right that she won. Like mm -hmm. her outfit was stunning. It wasn't just pretty, it was stunning. But like I said, she makes it hard to root for her and be excited in that. Um, but there's something that's there. That, I, that, that again, I say it again. There's a story that is why she's the, is the way she is, and oh, I hope sure. she opens and cracks that. So, and Rue can pull it out of you. If Rue can't get it out of you, then you, you're not going to have America fall in love with you. And I hope she just has is given that opportunity so she can show us who she really is and and break that facade. Oh, and she'll show it right before she goes home. I can't wait. <laughs> So that's Drag Race. Next week we'll be back to just discussing one episode, so we'll have more to uh, d dissect about it. But keeping it very gay, very gay. We're gonna still be in WeHo, and we're gonna invite some friends. So the friends of WeHo, new show alert, you guys. I hope you guys have been watching. There's been two episodes. It comes on right after Drag Race on Friday nights on MTV. So in this cast we have. Brad Goreski, you know, Dorian, don't know his last name, but he was on College Show. Uh, Dorian Renard. Dorian Renard. He's also the CEO and founder of Butter Skin Products. We also have Curtis Hamilton. He is a black actor. He was in the Lifetime picture of Dr. Dre's life. Uh, we also have Todrick Hall. You guys know him from American Idol. He's also a black queer entertainer. He was also on Celebrity Big Brother. We also have Brad Goreski. No, that's it, Brad already, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, James um, Vaughn. Vaughn, who was married to Jonathan Bennett, who was Aaron Samuels in Mean Girls. He is the husband of him, and he also is a TV host, and he also own, co-owns with his husband Outbound. This is a gay travel website. And last but not least, we have Joey Zazek. Zazek, thank you. Um, he is a social media influencer. And he also has a skincare product. So, skincare line. And so, six gay men, mm -hmm. West Hollywood, mm -hmm. I want you to tell me your first impressions of each one of them. And then I'll give you mine. Okay. After watching, we've seen two episodes. Mm -hmm. And then we'll dive into the episodes that we've we watched. Mm -hmm. Okay. So first up, who are you gonna go with? Um, I'm gonna go with Todrick. He is on full damage control uh for his career. So I don't think that we're going to get much entertainment from him. Like anything that does go down, he's gonna be in a completely opposite end of the house, restaurant, room. I, he's not going to be fun um, to watch. Okay. Because his, yeah. Curtis, he's the baby gay of the group. So every experience is going to be, I don't know what that is. I've never done that before, which I'm already bored with. I can't see him well up with tears in one more fucking scene. I get it. You've presented as straight your entire life and this is a whole new world what will your family think who cares they're in kentucky like they probably don't even have watch mtv let's be honest uh zoe uh zoe joey zazik he's extremely thirsty i think that he's going to try to make every moment a moment okay 
and that's going to be tiring. Brad is an absolute delight. Actually, I think he's like the resident mother hen of the group. He's like the reality show veteran amongst these six. So he is going to be in every single scene. <laughs> and he's going to be like the common denominator and the voice of reason, which I don't mind. Like I, yeah, I, I'll touch on more later. James, um, blah. Like I just, I don't. <laughs> I'm not blah. <laughs> like I just, I honestly, I honestly with him, you can tell he was the consolation prize and they really wanted his husband. Like, I just feel like I just don't have, I don't, like when, he, I, when he's not in the scene, I don't miss him. Okay. Um, and Dorian or Dorian, uh, <laughs> if you would let him to have you believe, is the villain. <laughs> and he is uh, delusional, uh, narcissistic, uh, insecure, uh, and unfortunate. That is, that's my thought on all six of them. What about you? All right. So I'm going to start with Dorian. That's which we knew him as on College Hill or Dorian now. Mr. CEO who needs to bring security to a private event for someone's engagement party. So to me, he's just new money. He does way too much. He's very insecure. And I think you can tell by that. I don't want to tear him down because too much because he is a black man who started a skincare line, which is butter, which I have the product of, and it's a great product, but his behavior thus far makes me not want to use it anymore because he is so conniving and just, just, ex just extra for no apparent reason and it's the whole new money shit and you're just trying to i hate when gays especially gay black men try to cut someone down and you think i got this and you can't get where i'm level and you try to like money shows money shows who people really are and now you have a taste of it and you're successful and that's mm -hmm. great you you worked hard for your shit but you your insecurities are showing so i don't like his vibe at all or, and it's not even how you can't blame it on the edit, baby. That's just, just what you're doing, right? Um, next, Curtis. Uh, I think Curtis is a closet case and it's tragic. Um, because he has lived in the closet for so long, his parents, he was born in Italy actually, and his parents actually live in Kentucky. And apparently, you know, the Bible Belt are raised in church. So I understand that type of thought process, but he's worried about how his him living his life and being who he is is going to affect his mother or, or his his sister and, and her kids and them being teased at school and it's like you can't control that like you need to live your life like he legit said that like he Fuck legit them kids right you know what i'm saying <laughs> but like he legit talked about you know my sister's calling me and you know she's worried about her kids being teased saying your uncle's gay and being called names like so you're going to hold off being who you are because of your family? Like, that makes no fucking sense. Um, and the fact of him, you know, new baby gay shoes, trying to discover um, who he is and in the queer life. And I understand that can be difficult. He does the one thing that I think is a lot of black men do. And I'm saying that because that's been my experience with black men um, of this whole, especially ones who want to disassociate femininity in the gay community and say well i'm a man so he's like i'm just me 
it, it, that that whole no label situation. They don't identify top by top bottom verse. They just all oh, just me. No, you're gay. Like, it, everyone has a label. Okay, like you're no different. You just don't want to associate any type of feminine qualities because you've been portrayed or being you have been portrayed portraying yourself as a heterosexual man so you don't want to associate with this community who has been shunned and you probably made fun of right mm -hmm. so he's going to have a struggle which i hope that by him being brave enough to do this on this platform he can understand how he will touch someone else's life and his will be changed in the same way so that's my thoughts on him um todrick completely doing damage control now, I was not the biggest Tajik Hall fan at all. Um, Tajik's drag, I just, I didn't get Tajik as a artist. I didn't watch American Idol when he was on that season or whatever. Um, I just thought he was trying to be a baby RuPaul, you know. I have my own internal homophobia with black men having to be feminine in the world of media. And it's my own issue because I feel like why do you why do why do you have to be in drag all the fucking like why do you have to do all these type of things like why can't you just be a black man who happens to be gay and if you're feminine that's great but I just feel like there's so much that they get story I'm looking for um, exploited and you have to go through that realm and you have to go through that that media channel funneling through to be successful and I don't feel like you have to, to do all that and so I was confused with his whole situation but I will say I fell in love with him when I saw him on the gay cruise and he performed a particular song that was very heartfelt and it changed my opinion about him so but I do think he's doing damage control for this next up I will say James, James is spicy. <laughs> um, I do think James obviously is a consolation prize, like you said, mentioned because they did want Jonathan. But I think he's trying to hold his own. And he's trying to see where he fits in with this whole situation. Um, I didn't think he. Looking at him, my perception of him was not how he's being portrayed. I'm like, oh, you're a little spicy. You're, you're a little, you know, kitschy, kitschy, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, kitschy, kitschy, cool just basically means uh, he is more effeminate than I thought he was, which is fine. Um, but it's just interesting to see him. So, that is James. Um, I would say Joey. Joey is the new Millennium Gay. And I say that because he's like new money and he's like the ones that just like want to be seen and, and everything like that. Um, and I think that he... I hope he finds himself. I hope that with doing this show, he will 
open up and whatever insecurity he's he may be dealing with or has had or challenges he shares that so people can fall in love with him brad i think brad is trying to be lvp at least event the problem i think he's he wants to be the you know um main character the cohesive person the kyle riches and all that mm-hmm. brad's done he's done tv so he knows what this is like he 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 understands the assignment but I also don't want him to be so polished, like, show us who you really are, right? You know, because I've seen the whole, we've seen him with uh, his ex, Judy, um, who's the fashion, Rachel. Rachel Zell. Zell, right? So we've seen Brad on a couple of different things. But, you know, I want, I still don't feel like I know who Brad truly, truly is all the way. So, but, you know, we'll see. I'm here for the show. But are the people here for the show with the ratings? What do you think? No. I'm here for the show, too. Um, I have some tidbits about the first week episode last week. So, um, only 60,000 people uh, viewed the first episode, which is not good, considering it's coming off of uh, directly after RuPaul's Drag Race, which saw nearly uh 700,000 people watched the oh, show. So from 700,000 to 16,000? From 700,000 to 60,000. 60,000, okay. So that was a huge drop off. Yeah. And I don't think that it's going to be a second season, but I do have some tea regarding the show. So let me give me a sec, let me pull this out of my bag. So Dorian sat down with uh, B. Scott of Love B. Scott and did an interview, which will be the only interview he said he will have regarding this topic in the show because he's been notably absent from all the promo. Okay. Like Step and Repeats, all the guys were on E! News the other day. He was absent. He wasn't there. Uh, remember, I think it was last week or the week before last where I read a statement of him saying uh, the real fake friends of WeHo. Right. That he didn't even live in WeHo. He lived in uh, the Valley. So, in his interview with B. Scott, he talked about how when he was originally proposed to do the show, it was supposed to be on a streaming platform. It was supposed to be like on Paramount or something like that, to which it was originally called the A-list Los Angeles. So they were trying to bring the A-list back. Bring the A-list back. Okay. So the original premise of the show was going to be a reboot of the A-list, which was an amazing show on Logo back in the day. And he didn't know who was going to be on the cast. All he knew at that time was he told them no a few times. And then eventually he said at the last minute he signed on to do it and he still didn't know anyone that was going to be on the cast. Like, he didn't know who they had selected. He said that he found out the new name when everyone else found out. When there was a press release that not only it was being called The Real Friends of WeHo, but that it was going to be on MTV. Which was two completely opposite things of what he was told. So, once that happened, he kind of, like, checked out and was like, okay, I'm not... He his biggest offense was it uh, that he took from it was he doesn't live in WeHo he's not a part of that scene he doesn't even frequent WeHo so when he saw that it was being rebranded as a specific group of friends from a specific part of LA he was like well 
this doesn't apply to me because I don't know these people and I don't even live in this area. So this isn't authentic to who I am. So I'm not going, I don't really want to participate in it. So he said he actually only filmed a little bit. He's not going to, he's not sure how much um, or how many scenes are going to make the season because he said he didn't shoot that much. Um, but you shot on a show called College Hill and there's no actual college called College Hill. Well, okay, I mean, girl. you know, he, <laughs> okay, girl. he went on to say he did College Hill when he was younger, but now he has a voice and he has a platform. So he's not going to fall for the production shenanigans or, you know, because he said that he felt like he was taken advantage of during the College Hills days, but he didn't want that to be repeated now with the real friends of WeHo. But you still want your company buddy to be showcased and, and named and, and be dropped on it. So you you can't feel too much worried about them rebranding something because they're still using and saying your company's name. So girl, calm down. That's the bullshit I'm talking about. Like that nigga on some whack shit. That's why I can't like I'm I'm trying my best not to go at him like that that hard. Because again, I have purchased his products and I don't you want people to be successful. But when you say some fuck shit like that, you just so that's it. <laughs> so after the uh, abysmal ratings of the first week's episode, Todrick went on to really express himself on his Instagram. He did a five-page handwritten letter oh. uh, and he posted it on his Instagram. Now, I'm not reading all this shit because... Let me pull this shit up. Hold up. Because who cares? But he said in the first one, uh, after last night's premiere of The Real Friends of WeHo, I saw a lot of comments saying, we don't want to see a bunch of rich, fit, entitled, privileged gay men. Which begs the question, why are we thrilled to watch rich Kardashians or Real Housewives, but we only want to watch gays be underdogs. Not well off, not too confident. Let's get into the weeds, real talk. Which is a good question to pose out there because there has been such a polarizing response to this show before it even came out. I just think what, what it is with this show versus The Real Housewives and things of that nature. And I'm speaking from my experience as just one gay man. Okay. So for me, The Real Housewives is entertainment and it is escapism. Whereas The Real Friends of WeHo is a bit more triggering because it completely perpetuates all of the negative stereotypes of gay culture. You think where so? It, yeah, I'll tell you. I feel like it focuses on one type of demographic, hot, thin, gay, white. And yeah, there's three black characters splashed in, but for the most part, to have something specifically focused on WeHo, that already says what this show is going to cater to and what it's going to be about. Now, when it was, 
I would have I would have looked at the show completely differently if it was called A List Los Angeles because that's more of a broader that's compl- that's more broader. WeHo is once is a specific area in Los Angeles that is predominantly white. But it's gay. So I'm gonna challenge your thought process because you watch the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. None of the bras live in Beverly Hills. They all live in Santa Clarita. Some live in. Um, uh, Calabasas. Some live in Valley Village. So it's just the city. It's just saying what the city of it is. And, and the gay area of LA that's known is WeHo. So I don't, I can't subscribe. I'm, 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 I want to challenge your thinking on that because it's just like, they're not saying, okay, we're housewives of Atlanta. No one lives in Atlanta. It's just saying the city of what that is. It's not saying that this Atlanta represents. All of this is just saying, just we hope. Well, you can't challenge my thinking because you didn't let me finish my thought. Well, I'm just saying, I'm going off of, I'm just going off of just having a conversation and just looking at, not you finish your, not saying, oh, well, let's finish your thought. I'm just saying you based off the name. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm referencing the name you're talking about. So I'm open to hear what you're saying. I'm just looking at, it's, it sounded like when you, when you mentioned the name part, that's what the part I just intersected for a second just to, to ask the question about that. Oh, no, I get what you're saying, but to challenge my thinking is to know my full thought. Good. To which you don't, because you didn't let me finish. Just my point I'm putting out there. Like, my thought to finish what I was saying, not basing it solely off of just the WeHo name. Again, it's from my gay perspective. Like, I can't, I can't fully say that Real Housewives is triggering because I'm not a woman. But I'm saying for me, WeHo, the real friends of WeHo is triggering as a gay, as a fat black gay man, because it is already to me, which is why I think a lot of the gays didn't respond to the show before it even came out. Like I'm talking about before it even aired. Like we were talking shit about it before when we just saw the preview. And I think a lot of that has to do with it out the gate catering and pandering to a very specific type of demographic. But how so? With its name. But because it's just, it, a, let me it's tell just you. a name. It's just like Real Housewives of Atlanta. You watch their Housewives of Atlanta. You don't think about Housewives in Atlanta. You don't have to do with your perspective of being a woman or a housewife. It's just a city of Atlanta. So it's not talking about your experience of what you went through personally or you in West Hollywood, the, the contrivance of what that is. It's just saying of WeHo. It's just the city. It's but when you, you've done it before yourself. When we're in WeHo, you say to yourself, I wish we had black gay spaces because the reality of that situation is there is none. But so but to my, still, to my point, still. but to my point is who's the demographic of this show? Who are they catering to? It's not about, they cater, they're showing gay men. They're showing six different sides of gay men. There's, and it's not think just they're all different sides, different facets of gay men. Yes. Different facets. Now, Dorian is not, it's not, a, it's, it's, this is where I think the confusion for me with listening to your, your reasoning is that's why I'm having a problem digesting. Because it's not saying it's, it's, they haven't shown muscle men or go-go boys dancing or seeing 
you have to do this or you have to have this certain type of lifestyle in Rio. Like in Beverly Hills, we're house for Beverly Hills. They show the opulence of X, Y, and Z of living in Beverly Hills. They're not doing that in, West, in this show, Rio. They're just saying, it's just happening to be gay men. They're saying, this is this part of town, West Hollywood, that gay men live in. A lot of, predominantly, a lot of gay men happen to live in. And it's just the city's name. They're, they're talking about the things that they all do. A stylist, a, a, an entertainer, a CEO, someone who's an actor coming out. They're just showing their perspective. So I don't, for me, listening to what you're saying, I don't think, I think you're putting 20 on 10, honestly, going deeper into and, and making an interpersonal situation of correlation because it's just... Again, the title of a show for the city. And so far, they haven't shown to say, in West Hollywood, we do this. Like, they even talked about Palm Springs and things that go on in Palm Springs. Like, those are things that really go on. Like, the Palm Springs, gays go on the Palm Springs Pride. So, I just, I'm just trying to really understand thus far what you said, your disdain or are you correlating your personal I'm not gonna say trauma but your personal interactions with the show title just from it being called Real Friends of WeHo well what I'm doing is trying to make a correlation between why it is not popular not necessarily in if you had listened, what I said in the beginning, I think why going off of Todrick's quote, mm. where he specifically said, why is it that we as gay men, which we do in droves, watch The Real Housewives of any franchise mm. and why we're not showing up for this show? Mm. To which I said, well, I think it is as a gay man, we aren't triggered by what women do. But this show, which is 60,000 people, it is iconically not being watched by us. And it is, or at least should be, a show for us. So one of the reasonings I can see, or a justification that I'm trying to make would be, okay, as a gay man, we can be triggered we can have emotional feelings behind seeing gay men in a way that we're completely removed by seeing women. And in the same aspect where you mentioned earlier, seeing Todrick is triggering for you because you feel like you don't need to see gay men, gay black men in drag, in wigs, in heels on TV, whereas pomp and circumstance like that can happen on a Real Housewives franchise and it not affect you in any means or resonate with you in any way other than entertainment value. But it can on a show like this because you see yourself or a lack of seeing yourself on this show, which is why a lot of people are, are didn't tune in in the first place or was triggered before it even aired via the name WeHo. Because that already says to me what the show would be about or what the show is focusing about. And you can say it's just a city, but to say that and to not say 
because we've had conversations like this and we know people that feel this way. That's why they go to Long Beach. That's why they don't go to WeHo. So we know that there is a air. We're not one of those people, but it is out there. And to act like it isn't is to not to be completely honest, but there is an air of WeHo being a place that caters to fit white gay men, which are not the only type of gay men that are out saying, there. And I'm not saying that. I think I think I think the issue that I'm having is if the show was perpetuating that lifestyle that we know what we hold life is because we've been there, we've seen that, that'd be one thing. That's not doing that. The show's not doing that. People are just having an issue with this we hold, and so you're saying, okay, trauma, we hold my trauma, blah, blah, I can't, and so I'm not going to watch it. Fine, but that's not what the show is doing. But or, people don't know that because they haven't watched I know, it, I and that's that. my point. My point was why was there a drop from 700,000 to 60,000? That's what you missed in my argument, no, was no, trying no, to I justify that. that. No, I heard that, but so I also it's heard, not, your, just, so the I fact, heard your justification the as fact well. That's of, why I mentioned the different cities and we can watch different shows have the title. It's just the, the name of a city. So I heard your point. So the fact of, regardless of what it actually is doing, that's falling on deaf ears because no one's watching it. So what it really is doing is not the issue at hand. It's what is happening before people even turn it on to make them not watch that's my whole argument and I also to i think also to ask that i think that just gays we're just not supportive of each other period right like if it's something that's a gay show or certain things like we just if if we're gonna find issues with something with it and it's it's sad because we're our own we want inclusion and wants this and that but we will scapegoat say i'm not gonna watch this or what have you um, and there's an opportunity to showcase something. Perfect example, like Bobby, I love you, Per. Was ratchet as hell, but we watched it because it was entertaining and it was an opportunity to have a platform. But a lot of people didn't watch certain shit, right? So it's just, I just feel like, gay men, we again, yeah, we'll turn quick as hell and gossip and kiki about a housewife all day. But when it's something that's pertaining that can really show gay men in a different way in a light. That they want to, it, it's a lot of a lot of us have an internal homophobia of certain shit, and so it's unfortunate. I think that the show thus far hasn't perpetuated any type of ideology people have or can say that they've went through in WeHo just based off what they are doing thus far. Again, you know. People not watching the show. It's like then we we beg and cry and scream and plead and want to march and all want all this type of shit to show inclusion and say representation matters. But then when it's there, you don't want to watch the support. And just to be honest with you, like identify your trauma, process that, work that through. But then <clears throat> still try to support something that's showing something in a positive way. I think. I think that the intentions of the show, the way that they're shooting it, they, the way that they're filming it is just different in a, in a different way. Because even with the A-list, like, it was drama on there, but it, 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 I feel like the A-list, especially in New York, that perpetuated gay life and you need to look a certain type of way and live a certain type of lifestyle. Like, that was more problematic to me 
than what they've been showing on these two episodes. Okay, then why did you prefer that over this show? Oh no, I prefer the don't get me wrong, the A-list was dramatic. It had it had all type of spiciness to it. It was fun. It was something new. It was something in that realm of you have reality TV, this is what, 2008-9, that was showing gay men, period, on on a platform that are talking about gay shit. You know I'm gonna live for that all day. So that was great. My only issue thus far with this show is is Dorian ass. <laughs> like the way that they're shooting this and everything, I mean we've been watching it, it's it's entertaining. Um for the part of again the sake of one for the podcast, but also just watching and trying to see who these people are and what this show is gonna be about. I'm open to that. Um so I guess my talking with you and wanting to challenge that's why I kept saying I want to challenge your 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 opinion about this topic was the fact that it seemed like the way it was presented and I listened to everything you said just based off the city's name and people's perception of what wheel could be are turned off and, and they don't want to watch it because of that it's like it's just a city's name like it's not saying that it's not saying that this show is about all the things in West Hollywood. It's just saying they're in West Hollywood and they happen to be friends. I think that it would have came up it would have just came off better if it was titled A List Los Angeles because the real friends of WeHo one, none of them are actually really friends. So that kind of pokes a hole or that makes that would make one not look at it as serious or as legitimately. No, the girls are housewives. But we're talking about this show. But I'm just saying, we're, we're talking about see. we're talking about this show. <laughs> like, like, yes, I understand the Real Housewives of compare the Real Housewives comparison that Todrick was trying to make, but there is no comparison because millions of people watched that show, and this show didn't even crack a hundred thousand. So I'm trying to figure out ways of. Okay, maybe a rebranding needs to happen because at the end of the day, I do think that representation matters and that this is a show in whatever in whatever type of way it wants to be presented needs to be on the air. The reality is if it continues getting this these ratings, it, it won't, won't be. be. Right. So I'm thinking of a way of how could it how could it have gone differently or how can it get rebranded? Like that's the conversation I think that needs to be happening rather okay. than saying, this is great. This is amazing. We want to see this, but I don't like this person. Like that's not going to change anything. That's just going to get it off. Because I mean, the reality is like, regardless if it's gay or not, if it ain't getting views, it ain't going to get a second season. Right. But I also think that again, we, as gay men need to work our shit out. Like, Which and, is easier and, said than done because no, no, we can no, say that no, and still have no, it. No, you can say it, but if you really want to move past some things, you have to you have to do the work and sit with yourself and that's for anybody, just to sit with yourself and get past certain shit and to understand why why it's bothering you or certain things or your experiences in these situations and then to either grow from that and move on or you're going to stay stagnant in it and you won't have no growth because the world's still going to go on without you. So you can either be pissed off and stay in it or work your shit out as an adult and just make it happen. But I just feel, I agree with you, what conversation needs to be had to make the show be successful or at least to show that, hey, let's 
they're doing something new. If it needs to be a rebrand, okay, real friends of California or Los Angeles, whatever. I just think that it's, if we pick and choose what, 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 what is, we pick and choose what we want to complain about or what we have it take issue with. And it's like, it's not the real housewives of, none of them hells are housewives, but the gays watch it all. Like, and they didn't start off with millions of views. They started off, you know, having to be built up also. But it's just, it's funny, play on words, people have an issue, take issue with certain things. It's like, none of them are housewives. None of the, uh, uh, Jersey, none of them live in New Jersey on the shore. Like, it's just the title of the show. People have a reaction because of their personal experiences. Okay. Not arguing with that. But, it's just the title of the show. That's, I guess that's my, me. I can separate the two of the, the situations, but, you know. Well, luckily you are one of those 60,000 and hopefully the uh, producers are listening and saying, well, if Bruce is watching, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a commonality amongst this conversation that one, both things can be addressed, but also just to find and also look at a solution, right? To see like, where the problem is lying at, because again, you know, we we spend a lot of time with this, which I love this conversation. I mean, this um, is the conversation I think this show needs to have. It's a gay conversation right. with gay folks. I'm like, gay shit that matters. So it's just, it's it's just, it's sad that we can be our own saboteurs amongst ourselves in the community, and. You know, it's it's just it's just it's it's really sad that it has that has to happen that way, and it doesn't need to be that. Like it doesn't really need to be that by no means. Because West Hollywood could be so much better. Yes, we could have a more inclusion of different things, and 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 they've tried they've tried to do that. Mickey's one club. They tried to have a bear night, and it was successful in a way. Um, but. I don't know. People have their own perceived notions of what something's going to be, and you know you can't make everyone like everything. So, yeah, that's kind of the root of my whole point I tried to make. Um, but yes, that is the real friends of WeHo. Next week we will be going back to just talking about one episode at a time like with Drag Race so we'll have actually more meat to dis uh, discuss and dissect but yeah you want to get into the bestie of the week really quick so we can stop holding people hostage listen I think that I think the people are here for it um, but my bestie of the week I'm, do you have yours? I'm in a moment. I need to think about who we uh, who we talked about during this <laughs> podcast. This, the real friends of WeHo took me out. It took me out. He wasn't ready for I it. I wasn't. Were you ready for that conversation? I think. I we mean, I was. I'm. I yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. why I'm fine. <laughs> oh no, I'm great. I'm just I'm just saying. Like I just I just wasn't knowing we were going that deep with it. Okay, tonight. so my bestie of the week is going to be RuPaul because. She's fucking fabulous and she looks amazing. And unfortunately for me, she is the only real reason to watch Drag Race this season so far. <laughs> I am still waiting on that queen that I resonate with and connect with, but uh, I ain't seen her yet. What about you? She ain't came out yet. Mm -hmm. Um, 
My best day of the week is going to be my birthday. <laughs> that's oh, my celebration, me being born and living, being 41 years old. That's my best day of the week. So, you know, live and let live, you guys. On that note, we want to thank you for tuning in this week to a wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on IG at Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Or you have any questions or comments, or if you want to leave any suggestions, please email us at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. You guys, you have given us two hours tonight of your time. Yes, you have. And we thank you. You have 22 hours left with yourself, so be kind. And, you know, make a new friend. And, hey, tell someone that you love them. Okay? Until next time, bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen. Did y'all really think we were going to teach y'all something? This podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all-new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at oh that's my gay friend or email us your questions at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com until next week bye friends <laughs>